Hey there, it's Tardy to the party. He's Bill, I'm Daniel. We're talking about stuff we... It's way past its prime. Man, we're talking about 50 years past its prime. It, Jesus it's, Christ. You don't talk to people with because they'd be like i saw that movie 50 years ago i don't want to talk about I'm it i'm assuming this is gonna be one of the least pop culture holes popular episodes because unless you're really into nathan lane yeah and but, matthew broderick oh come on how many people have seen the weird crap you've picked how many people have seen <laughs> message from space message from space how many people have seen the remember dark Love? house or the dark what no what was the what was the romantic one that i did uh, Message love. The romantic of love. The, the romantic of love. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about another huge hit that people love. We're talking about, talking about Mel 1969, 1968s. I can't remember which year. It's one of those years. Uh, Mel Brooks's first film, The Producers, starring Mazel Tov, the Jewish guy. <laughs> Zero. Mostel. And 1968. Is 1968. Okay. Yeah. Uh, especially because this takes place in New York. I spent half the time wondering what uh, Don Draper was up to while the events of this film were happening. Yeah. But what? He is a fictional character. I, know, I have <laughs> issues. Well, these are fictional characters, too, but they should still be inhabiting the same fictional This universe. is a very slight movie. This, man, yeah. This is, I think of all the movies we've ever done, this is the least number of notes. I took a bunch of background notes. Actually, the, the, the background notes I have for this film are actually outnumber the actual story notes. Hmm. Um, just because... Uh, this is actually something that I, I guess I'll mention it now. It's something that uh, is is part of the background notes. Um, uh, Mel Brooks once considered making this story into a novel, and once he realized that there's no story, but it's almost just dialogue. Yeah. Like he was like, "Well, I'll make it a play," but then he was like, "Well, uh, if I make it a play, it'll all have to take place in one office set. I'd like to show some other like locations, so I might as well make it into a movie, so you can do like some kind of like ah, the extra stuff. And so, yeah, even he admitted there the, the story of this movie is almost non-existent. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so this movie's not quite a slog. It's only a ninety-minute film, but there's not a lot of plot. A lot of it's just kind of like shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How how much had Gene Wilder done at this point? This is the second thing I think. Okay. Uh, when Mel Brooks hired him to the, to do this, he had just filmed his uh, first debut role in uh, Bonnie and Clyde, which mm. that was just a brief cameo. So this is, I hmm. think, this is his first actual like starring Gene Wilder. This is his first comedic role, then. Yeah, which he does pretty good in this. I could see why he became a thing, and he wouldn't do Willy Wonka for another like three or four years after this. But this is definitely what what set him up. And then he's doing his whole kind of effeminate Gene Wilder thing. You kind of kind of see this kind of set cast cast the stone for him for the rest of the future oh, yeah. but yeah being very quiet and very loud yeah simultaneously and also kind of like yeah being kind of like neurotic but also frustrated and angry and yeah mm-hmm. yeah did that very particular gene wilder mix which is great because you know gene wilder died not that long ago so yeah. i'm kind of glad we're talking about this and how much longer is mel brooks gonna be alive I don't so know. it's i'm glad we're talking he about his to be doing film. all right what are your opinion of mel brooks films in general i like them did we do young frankenstein on this yeah, show yeah yeah so this is our second. Well, no, not on this show. I've done. I've seen John Frank, Young Frankenstein. Oh no. Okay. So yeah, I've, 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 we, I love Young Frankenstein. We haven't done any Mel Brooks stuff. Um, and I'm assuming this I, is. I, I this is apparently like <sighs> for his <laughs> wet lips, wet lips, <laughs> drinking, drinking, wet lips. <laughs> I will slap you. Uh. Aside Great from taste of Coke, everybody. aside from two other movies, this was the only hole I had left to fill. I, I haven't seen. Oh wait, in general, this for is no a... for Mel Brooks stuff. Oh, okay, his yeah. directing and stuff. I've not 
haven't seen a lot of his stuff. Uh, it was I. I haven't. I didn't even know he did a um, Hitchcock parody. What was that? Uh, High anxiety. No, it's it was it's an older one. Uh, Butt meat surprise. Oh yeah, high anxiety. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, I was thinking of some other movie. I was thinking yeah. of something other high movie. I just I didn't know that was a Hitchcock parody. Just from the title, I would assume that's a hitch. If if he had to have had to have done a Hitchcock parody, I would assume that would be it. Just from the title, he doesn't cameo in this movie. It's weird. A vocal cameo. Yeah, he does a vocal. Cameo. According to IMDb, it's just a vocal cameo. Yeah, no, I definitely. The guy said. Yeah, because he I, something, and I was like, "That's Mel Brooks." Oh, that's Mel voice. because the way he says it, it's the, yeah. the most Jewy thing. I hate saying Jewy like it's an adjective, but like it's hard to watch some. Mel Brooks himself would be the first person to call it something Jewy, and there's some Jewy shit going on. But yeah, like, yeah. even the way he like, yeah, I mean, that's a parody of himself, but like, yeah, join the Nazi party. It's high but, anxiety and uh, what's the other thing? Hold on, I'll look at it. Actually, Blazing Saddles. I've never actually sat down and watched really? Blazing Saddles. Blazing all the Saddles way is I know the fantastic. highlights, and I've seen big chunks of it, but I've never sat down and said, hmm, "I'm going to pop this Blazing Saddles DVD in and just watch Blazing Saddles." Uh, um, life stinks. Oh man, I remember I that came out. Life that got stinks. that got slammed when that came out. Oh, I haven't seen the Twelve Chairs either. I don't that know. The that was the Twelve Chair? Uh, Twelve Chairs. I don't know. Huh. That's those are an actual the, like, those legitimate are the movies art I film. haven't seen of his. You've seen Spaceballs? Yeah. I saw Spaceballs in theaters and, and I did was too. super sad. I did too. Yeah. I was very young. My mom covered my eyes when the alien burst out of the guy's chest and he was like, <laughs> Not again! Which is great because it's the same actor. It's John Hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh,. Mel Brooks, kind of hit or miss, so is this film. Yeah, it starts with Max Ballysock's theatrical producer door. Uh, his greasy, greasy man with uh, it's <laughs> with the I weirdest you... fucking haircut. <laughs> it's not so much a comb over as it is a comb forward, I guess. Comb forward, because he's got, like, he's essentially got a mullet that's five feet long that he just drapes over the forward part of his head. Yeah. Because uh, usually, I've seen other people do comb overs where they'll have hair on, like, Maybe the back of their scalp that they'll sweep forward. Mm-hmm. His hair starts at the base of his neck yeah. and kind of erupts forward. So it kind of looks like he's almost got like a pirate thing going on. But like, yeah, it's really weird. But no, I like my, I like Zero Must still in this movie. He's, yeah, he's, he's fun. But he's this, fucking old ladies to get checks from them. Well, and this is the whole opening plays. credit sequence of the film because it's like the first five minutes is also intercut with the well, opening almost, credits. Almost there. There's a bit of a scene where he gets a check from an old lady. Oh, there is. Okay, like, I'll yeah. see you later. And Do you then, have a checkie uh, for me? Yeah, yeah. checkie for Maxie. And then he goes back inside and puts her photo away off his desk and goes over to his <laughs> armoire and takes out another old lady's photo, puts that on her desk. Yeah. And then he knocks on a door and he opens it up and he says, darling. And she says, hold me, touch me. And man, if I didn't know any better, and I do, I would have thought this was Una O'Connor. The way this lady looks with the bug eyes and the, the big features. My first note is, Jesus Christ, did they turn Marty Feldman into an old Zero Mustel <laughs> fucking machine? Because she looks like E.T. Her features. She's not an unattractive lady. We should not be, like, judging ladies, I know, by how they look. But the, she's a very distinctive-looking old woman. She got, like, the eyes are huge and, like, set five feet apart. She, looking she at looks like different... Una Carner. Yeah, kind of, she does, actually, too. Yeah, at the same time. I had to look it up, and I was like, <sighs> oh, is, that, is that her? Which, actually, Una Connor, if I think she died in, like, in the 50s. But yeah, if she had lived, she would have probably been this age, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, so they, he... p- they play hide-and-seek, kind of? Yeah, there's this whole, like... And then he's like, there you are, you funny, little flirt. And she's like, yeah. oh, and pushes him over. And he's like, and he falls and breaks down. a table and it freeze frames. And, and that's it, when it's And like, then it starts the credits. And I was like, oh man, it's going to be like one of those movies where it's just like, <laughs> it's okay. the 60s. This movie that's is to be the knee 60s. Slap. That's the thing. This movie really suffers by virtue of the fact that 
in the last 50 years. So many other movies have... Well, a lot of movies have been inspired by this shit. Or movies or TV shows, like, we've had South Park and all these things. Like, this movie's supposed to be so zany and crazy. But, like, so many things have done this kind of zany craziness. Even with all the Nazi stuff, it's supposed to be so outrageous. Yeah. So many things have are been so much more outrageous than this. This just seems Even Mel Brooks' own stuff. I, that's what I'm saying! So this But is, this is... I mean, you have to start somewhere. It's not like he was going to start off yeah. with... a five minute fart jokes like he exactly. does in Blazing Saddles yeah so and like even by his own admission this is the first movie he ever directed so he had no idea what he was doing yeah, yeah. Um, and so he Zero gets up eventually and gets on all fours and starts acting like a dog going towards her like, arr, 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 just, arr. Yeah. and then she's like Meow! and like claws his ear and he's like Arr! Yeah, and he falls out freeze frames again. I was just, like, expecting like him to pull his hand away, and his ear was gone with the way he yeah, reacted he, like, to he her doesn't kind seem of bat- playing anymore. But old lady batting at him. God. Uh, and my next note is then they put on the play. <laughs> not not but really. Then he lays yeah. down on the couch. She climbs yeah. on top of him, kneeing him in the groin a couple times. Uh, then Gene Wilder, who's playing Leo Bloom. Walks in and stammers a bunch. Yeah, he just storms in. Say oops. Say oops and leave. So he's like, oops, and leaves. Um, And all the way he's like, let's fool around. Uh, And as she locks the door, I'll be the innocent schoolmaid, and you can be the field worker. Or not schoolmaid, milkmaid. Okay, yeah. This Uh, totally washed over me. Like, yeah, I was just, I was watching it, but it just, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I can't play today. I have too many appointments. Thursday. We'll play on Thursday. We'll play the Countessa and the Chauffeur. But she needs to play a little bit. A little bit before she go. Uh, and this... Uh, eventually... I know the, eventually I wind up yeah, outside the office. Eventually yeah. I'll leave and he's like, we can't play today. Uh, we'll do it on Thursday. We'll get around to it. Uh, we'll play the abduction and cruel rape of Lucretia. <laughs> I'll, oh no, she says that. She's like, yeah, that's what, yeah exactly. We'll yeah. play the abduction and cruel rape of Lucretia. I'll be Lucretia. And I'll be rape, he says. And I'm like, oh, no. Which that's is- not a lot that should be in any movie ever. Oh my God. You know that's what's on his tombstone. I'll be rape. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little like, ouch. Yeah, Setting oof. the tone early. Again, 50 years ago is a different time. Uh, but yeah, uh, fucking Willy Walk is hiding behind a, like the like like just he's he's kind of like in a corner just yeah like, you see all him shit going hiding on. in a door, he's trying to like doorway. not like, encourage uh, fucking zero. She gives him crap. a check made out to cash, and then uh, out of nowhere, a landlord who seems very much like Mel, one of Mel Brooks's childhood friends. Yeah, with the way this guy acts, it's kind of very like Jewish landlord, like hey, kind of sweeps it, literally just grabs the check out of the guy's hand. Yeah, and uh, they even make a whole joke about how they both like they're both praying to God and like uh, blights on him. And, and all this stuff like don't listen to him he's crazy yeah yeah uh so max walks up he notices leo standing in the door frame and walks over to him and is like what do you want and he's an accountant he's there there's some somebody bank. said some him bank to sent him down books. to run his books for him yeah which so i'm they, not quite sure who that is. Well, yeah but i don't know but they go inside and he's like the books are over there go do it uh, and he's like, oh, he waxes his poetic. I used to have six shows running at once. Now I wear a cardboard belt. And he pulls it out and he rips it up. And yeah. I was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, that would be kind of po- like, yeah, the equivalent of wearing like Kleenex boxes for shoes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he's Johnny Oriel. Also, um, he also gives old ladies one last thrill on their way to the grave. Uh, I do love he admits that he's fucking dying old ladies. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, or not even fucking, but just like, well, kind of financially fucking, I yeah. guess. But yeah. And Gene Wilder's sitting there with the books and he goes, 
cough. <laughs> a cough. Oh, there's a, there's actually, I do like a little bit where, like, uh, while Zero Mustel's being all, Ma- well, Max, I should just call him Max, he's being all self-pitying, and he's, like, looking out a window, and, like, he's like, this window's so dirty, I don't know if it's day, day or night, and he throws his coffee under the window and, like, wipes it with his sleeve, yeah. just to watch, like, the old lady, like, leaving out with her, like, limousine, and that's when he, yeah, fucking Willy Wonka's all like, cough, <coughs> cough, hack, hack. And he says, I assume you're making those cut so- cartoon sounds at me, you fish-faced enemy of the people? All right, I... I didn't know accountants were so hated back in the 60s. Oh, no, which is good, because that, that, that's actually kind of what Gene Wilder looks like. Like, what he's saying is actually not wrong. I mean, it's, he goes really, over to it's like, Gene Wilder being the most kind of, like, bug-eyed, kind of like, milk-toast yeah, version of himself like, possible. Did I hurt your feelings? And Gene Wilder kind of nods his head, and he's like, good. He's like, I need to tell you something. And he's like, you're right, you have 60 seconds. And Gene starts, sta- or Leo starts stammering through it. And he's like, 45 seconds, 28 seconds. But he's not counting correctly at exactly, all. Exactly, yeah. It's like, yeah, Leo geez. just has enough time then, to say, I, well, I was looking through your books, and he's like, you got 48 seconds. Yeah. yeah and, he, and then Leo starts cutting him off, yeah. freaking out, wipes his face with a cloth from his back pocket. And Max is like, what is that? And takes it away from him. And Leo gets red in the face. Yelling for his blue... My blankie! My blankie! He gets so red in the face. Like... It's great. Like Peter Pan Native American yeah, racism no. red Which in the is, face. Which is... It's Gene Wilder first... Like, this is like your first glimpse of Gene Wilder, what he can do. Like, this crazy weird shit. But yeah, Gene Wilder's got this blue blanket fixation. He's got, like, this part of this tattered childhood blanket that he carries with him all the time that he needs to, I guess... Which is only mentioned again once in the movie. Yeah, it's not like they're setting up... Again, that's kind of like the thing in this movie. There's not a lot of plot or even, like, setup stuff. It's just kind of random happenings for 90 minutes, largely. Yeah. Um, so he eventually calms down. Uh... And he's like, what is it? It's, you're missing $2,000 from your last play. Yeah. If they found out about it, you could go to prison. And he's, he's like, like, wait, what did you do with that $2,000? you are 2000 short. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you're an accountant. Just move some decimal points around. He's like, yeah, I went to the Turkish bash. What does it matter? It's just yeah. like, I use that money. And, it's, and yeah. Gene Wilder's like, that's cheating. And he's like, uh, Max is like, that's charity. You gotta help me. Help! Okay. I knew I could con on you. <laughs> I like, I like you just like reading off lines of dialogue without any like real context. It's like, yeah. like it's like reading the trans like court transcripts. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then Gene Wilder's working on the books and he's like, mm, interesting. A person could make more money, make money with a flop. Uh. Yeah, he's just kind of impressed this... that no one bothered to try to figure out where that two thousand bucks went. Yeah, because so... the IRS is only interested in successful shows, not exactly, flops. Yeah. Uh, so, so they just assume they lose the money and no one's yeah. there's no real accounting for that yeah it's so then just, max yeah. is like what explain it to me and he's like well you're missing two thousand dollars from your last play uh and it costs six sixty thousand dollars to make but you raised sixty two thousand imagine if you had raised a million and only and the play only cost sixty thousand and closed after one night and he's like, "Bloom, that's a great plan." And yeah. uh, Leo's which actually like, does kind of make sense because everyone just assumes that, like, once it's so known that the, the play is a disaster, everyone just assumes that their their investment is a write off. And yeah, yeah, they want to come after it. So yeah, that's yeah. Bloom... And, and a thousand other movies and TV shows and and cartoons have like taken a note. Like this, this is almost every sitcom has done some kind of episode like like this or something like that where it's like, oh, we're gonna well, invest that's... in something, and if that, it fails, I mean... we'll just run off from the money and. And what is it? Empire Strikes Back still hasn't made a profit, quote unquote. Well, the, for with those Hollywood studios? accounting, it's like well, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the movies technically those are still in the red because they're like creative accounting. Yeah, exactly. Depending on who you want to fuck over and how, like yeah, 
you can move the numbers any way you want. And yeah, so it's a, this is a real life thing. You could do this in real life. Yeah. So somehow, um, somehow Leo ends up on the ground. Max is standing over the top of him, and it starts. This is just weird. And Leo, like, Leo starts freaking out because he thinks Max is gonna jump up and down on him and squish him to death. Yeah. And again, um, this is like a five-minute shtick, and it's just kind of like, what? Kind of, yeah. It's it's, it's it, funny, so, but it's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Leo runs to the corner, starts having an anxiety attack, starts screaming, I'm hysterical! I'm hysterical! Uh, Max throws water on him. I'm wet! And I'm hysterical! And then he slaps him. I'm in pain! <laughs> and I'm wet! And I'm hysterical! And Max is like, tell me what to do. And he's like, Go away, you frighten me. So Max sits down, helps him calm down. And uh, he says, now I'm hungry. Uh, Having anxiety attacks makes your blood sugar drop or whatever. At some point, Dean Wilder also says, woo, I fell on my keys. Yeah, I can't. There's because they're still tussling. Yeah, it's just uh, which I his line reading is just funny. Mm. And I've actually fallen on my keys. I have fallen on my keys. That that does hurt. But yeah, it's kind of it's bad times. But yeah, Gene Wilder's Uh, reading of this is funny. So Max offers to take him out for lunch. They go out. Yeah, he takes him to a hot dog (laughs) stand. I saw that joke coming from. (laughs) 50 miles away. Yeah, because like, have you seen? I hadn't even started this movie, and I saw that (laughs) joke coming. Uh, looking at the VHS box of Blockbuster, you're like, there's got to be a scene where they just go to a hot dog, mm-hmm. hot dog cart. I do like so, uh, Max's interaction with the hot dog cart vendor. Yeah. Where he's just like, just being kind of like, hey, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not the boy, I own this thing. And just kind of like a little bit of like sh- snarkiness between the two. Um, so, yeah. Max this, is, this, this is Max showing Leo on the town. But yeah. yeah. He buys him a balloon. Yeah. Takes, <laughs> I do like the takes him on a carousel. <laughs> yeah. They sit on the park. same carousel horse together. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was actually kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. They go on a canoe. They just kind of hang on Central Park for yeah. a day. And Leo's yeah. like, what if somebody from the office sees me? And he's like, well, then you'll see them. And why aren't they at the office? And Gene Wilder gets all like, oh, he's like, what am I feeling? And he's like, you're feeling happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh. Um. Uh, yeah and my next so, note is and then they put on the play well yeah, <laughs> yeah they're they're sitting at a fountain and he's like i want leo's like i want everything i've seen in the movies i'll do it i'll do it i'll is help this the you one, when they're at night at night yeah at the fountain and then, which i guess in the notes is a big deal yeah. well i saw an i mean mm. db like i guess your mustel was really fucking just like really finicky about like how he didn't want to he was a real bitch to work with, mm. and I guess there was something where if he ever got wet, I guess he had a leg injury. Like he would start claiming like like he couldn't work mm. if he got wet. So they were filming in front of a fountain, and I guess he threatened to quit the movie that night, and they had to <laughs> film until dawn because he was being an asshole, and just because it was humid and all kinds of fucking issues and shit like awesome. that. Awesome. Anyway, but yeah. But then Leo runs around the fountain, and as he's like, "I'll do it," and it she explodes. Yeah. Water flies. But everywhere. yeah, Leo, Leo commits to the scam. Yeah. And then they're reading scripts back in the office, uh, and he's like, "Oh, we've been reading all day." Yeah, it's what is metamorphosis? Comps? Wait, comp? Not comp? Not void comp? Who's the guy right? Her I, metamorphosis? Because the, the, they're talking what's about happening? the guy turns into a a a, a, a mushroom. Or I wait, have no idea what you're talking Kafka. about. No, it's Kafka. Okay, Kafka's metamorphosis. I always like the parts in the show where you argue with yourself. No, I'm just trying to recollect. Yeah, no, but like that's one of the plays, and they actually this is too good. Mm. Uh, well, that's one of the Gene Wilder's. He's reading plays, but then Zero Must still happens across a real piece of shit. Yeah, because they're trying well, to find the yeah. worst play in, in in that's been submitted to them. 
Yeah, they Gene Wilder's like, oh, I've read this play before. I'm reading plays that I've read already. I'm going oh, yeah. crazy. We'll never find it. But then they find Springtime and Hitler for Germany. <laughs> Springtime for Hitler. Gay rock. So I like with Springtime Adolf and Hitler. And Ava. Yeah. Uh, it's practically a love letter to Hitler. Wow, this won't run, run a week. It'll be closed in a day or whatever. It's written by Franz Liebkin. So they go to see him. Yeah. Uh, Which was supposed to be originally played by Dustin Hoffman. Really? Yep. And he, uh, on the first day that he was started, uh, supposed to start filming, he asked if he could leave so he could go audition for The Graduate. Hmm. And he got that, and he could never come back, and so they had to get this guy who turned, who plays in, in Inspector Camp, the wooden-armed yeah. dude in, uh, in Young Frankenstein. But, uh, yeah, so, well, Yeah, I'm going to talk about him in a second. Okay. Um, so they go to see him, and they're about to go in the building, and some lady... Who I guess runs the building? Yeah, is like no one gets in the building without oh, me this knowing. Is, yeah, more shtick. I'm the concierge. Yeah, who are you here for? He raises... Franz Liebkin. Yeah. Oh, the Kraut. He's up on the, the top crowd. floor. I'm sorry. Just... Apartment 28. <laughs> but he ain't. He ain't there. Kraut. He's up on the roof with his boys. And this is just an Filthy... excuse to say the word boys. Yeah. Filthy lice-ridden boids. You get my drift? Again. It's like, why is... Get what drift? No, I don't get your drift. Is he fucking the birds? (laughs) Like, what's going on? Was it a thing in the 60s that only freaks and insane people messed with birds? Yeah, that's one of the things about this I'm sorry, boids? They they, they milk so much humor out of just like, oh, isn't this kind of a weirdo freak? And, like, the freak does their thing for five minutes. And it's like, okay, I get it. He's weird. But, yeah, and so it's the lady's talking about You get my drift? He's, you know, boids. Yeah, Leo's like... Yes, yes, we do, madam. Thank you, you madam. And she's like, I ain't Boys. no madam. I'm a concierge. Uh, that adds nothing to the plot. It's so, just, yeah. it's just they go, color. They go yeah. up to the roof, and Leo's like, Max, he's wearing a German helmet. Yeah. And we're introduced to a quote-unquote German character, and he's like, what are you doing here? I love my country. I'm not a Nazi. Deutsch or America. Fuck yeah. Uh, this goes on for like next fifteen minutes. And I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed by how much better this guy's German accent got in between this and, <laughs> and the Young Frankenstein. And Young Frankenstein, because in this movie, it's bad. I am kind of glad they made this film so they can get all the Germans equal Nazis jokes out of the way. Because if they had made this movie, I'm sure I'm assuming Young Frankenstein would have half been like jokes about like how fucking Nazis hiding from like they would Young Frankenstein would have probably taken place in Argentina. Would have been about like. Oh, God, yeah, but... So, yeah, it's just him, like, pretending that he's all-American. He's trying to sing, like, the Star-Stangled Banner. Yeah. But then he keeps on accidentally breaking out into, like, Germany Uber Alice and all this shit. Yeah, yeah it's all, yeah. So they... It's it's tired shtick if you're watching this 15 years <laughs> yeah. after this. You've seen a thousand things do this or do it better. Mostly because it was inspired by shit, like, by this movie. Yeah, but, but it's but just... But at the same time, we've seen plenty of older stuff that has inspired later stuff yeah and it was fine felt fresher this, but yeah this is kind of stale even yeah yeah I'm, although i'm assuming like it's funny to see uh that the critical response of this movie everyone's like this movie's so vulgar i can't believe you dare make jokes <laughs> about this stuff and i'm like this is the most milk toast just kind of like oh he's german so he's a secret nazi and he can't help hide it but yeah it's yeah. just kind of like oh yeah blah, 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 blah. but yeah uh, it's cute though it's well performed and everything but yeah, yeah. so uh they go down to his flat after telling him that they want to make his play. He yells a bunch of shit about how much better Hitler was than Churchill. Yeah, he starts slagging on Churchill. Hitler was a great painter. A whole apartment in one day. Two coats. Uh, 
I think that's such a Mel Brooks like oh gag because he's talking about painting, but it's not the kind of painting you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And he also slags on, on Churchill for not being able to say Nazi correctly. He says Nazi when it's Nazi, but yeah. So they they get him to sign the contract. They're walking down the street and they're like, Leo's like, They've I'm, got not, Nazi gonna, armbands I'm not gonna wear on. the armbands. So they pull off the armbands, throw them in the trash, and piss, spit on them. And then, then that scene's done. Man, I shouldn't get political current. Of, okay, I'm not yeah, no, get... no current. Yeah, because I was so, going to say. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, don't say it if you're not going to say it. I don't remember, so remember. Uh, Max goes off to little old lady land to get himself and the well, play money. Well, he even says, okay, he hops in a cab, says, you're not coming with me. I'm going off to little old lady land. You're not going to see me for a while because Zero Mostel's got to go raise money. Or well, Max yeah. Blankin or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, and that's like the next 20 minutes of the movie is him just like... Sh- yeah, schmoozing old ladies. Yeah, you old get ladies. a montage of him working old ladies in restaurants, popsicles, motorcycles. Yeah, random, yeah. There's one scene, I wonder, I think it may be the Twin Towers under construction because they're in Midtown Manhattan and they go past two buildings that kind of look like the bottom of the Twin Towers being mm. constructed. I had to pause and rewind it. And I just thought it was Maybe. And they yeah. were under construction when this movie was being made, hmm. so just definitely just a um, so weird little bit of trivia. But yeah. There's a... Uh, a 15-minute scene of him knocking on a door and a little old lady unlocking it. Yeah. And there's uh, only, just... there's 15 minutes of various lo- unlocking sounds coming from behind the door. This is my my note. When Hilarious. I wrote, my note right there was the, the shtick to race... The stick... I can't even say it correctly. The shtick. shtick to story ratio in this movie is lopsided as fuck. Because it's totally... There's... I mean, there is, like, there's 20 minutes worth of plot in this 90-minute movie, and this is one of those things where it's just like, it's funny, because she's old, and she's scared of burglars, and just, yeah. Um, So that winds up, Leo's going through, and he's like, oh, this old lady owns 50% of the profits, this one owns 50% of the profits, this one owns 100% of the profits, we've sold 25,000% of the profits, Uh, and Leo's like, I need to see the money, and goes over to a safe and opens it, and... Yeah, I like how they're money. even freaked out about their own ambition and what they've kind of wrought here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... I like he calls the money, like, has he named even individual bills? Because he's like, oh, Boris. Maybe I oh, don't Oh, Sandra. Yeah. But he's gonna go buy himself a toy with some of the money. So they get a new office. Oh, and, okay, yeah. And Ula, the new receptionist. Oh, she has a character? She, she has a name? She can't speak English. What can she do? Go to work, Ula. So she does she some. Dances she does sixties. She does some hot garbage sixties dancing, I, which, which is basically just having a seizure while standing up. I've seen this like in Dracula AD two nineteen seventy two. It's a, one of the, the later uh, Hammer horror movies with Christopher Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a whole dance party where all the women are just dancing like that, where it's just oh, it's like awful. this weird. They have their arms in the air and they just kind of like they're like having a heart attack, and that's yeah. dancing. And it's just, oh my god. And so that's what she does for and five minutes. And she's supposed to be smoking hot. Well, she got but titties, but, but nah, kind of like, nah, I nah. can see, through the filter of 1960, I'm like, I could see, man, especially if you're at the movies and, like, you're not used to seeing this shit in a movie, you might go, oh my gosh, she's showing her belly button. But again, it's like 50 <laughs> years on, this is like the most milk toast. like, I get yeah. the context of why this is supposed to be funny and scandalous, but I'm just like, there's a that's There's a couple charming. shots of, like, her that's, butt and her dress walking point. away. Yeah. But it's not. There's one thing which kind of bent over to turn to turn the rate uh, to take the needle off the record that she's dancing to, which uh-huh. I guess in soon as she's like flashing her ass to like uh, to, to to Leo and Max too. But like they never really make a point out of it. But like yeah, it's yeah. still just yeah. But that the joke is her job is just to be sexy. Yeah. yeah. Bum, 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 so Leo's bum. like, Why, we should stop spending so much actually, money. Would have been funny if they actually had the ET looking Uno 
O'Connor old lady. They actually hired her to <laughs> dance. No. Um, um, what if something goes wrong? And we, with all this money we're spending, he's like, nothing will go wrong. I've lined up a terrible director. Do you think he'll take the job? Only if we ask him. Yeah. Uh, so this is when they go to well, so, well, Debris' like, house. He tells Una to get car. Uh, <laughs> get and, car. and this movie thinks her not being able to speak English is way funnier than anybody else like, thinks it is. In 1968, what else did you have for entertainment? I guess you could have gone to see Planet of the Apes, and that would actually be funny. Yeah. But like, yeah, well, you're gonna mm. you're gonna read some Vonnegut. So they go. No, you're gonna go, go to the movies and see this shit. Yeah, they go to see Roger Debris, uh, which is simultaneously, and, I guess, a joke about rubble well, destruction and also Brie the the Jewish circumcision joke. I guess because that's a that's Brie. brisk. That's the soda. That's the iced tea. It's a claymation I'm commercial. Sure it's brisk. No, it's Brie. I wait. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Brie. Brie's a cheese. I know. That's the other thing. That's a Brie pronunciation. Okay, let's see. Da, 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 or bris, I should say bris. I don't know if it's briska, but it's it's bris. Let's see. Gonna hold a bris. Who's got Jewish heritage in here? Oh, my hands raised. I'm not gonna trust a computer how to pronounce ger- uh, <laughs> uh, Jewish words. It's just how to pronounce dot com slash bris. Bre, bre, bre. Oh, that's not even. It's just bre, bre. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so they go to see him, and and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there's a whole Zier- thing about Max says whatever you do, don't oh, freak God. out. He's a bit eccentric, and I was like, <laughs> oh no. Do I smell gay panic and and, and that's homophobia? half the rest of the film. Do oh, I smell God. it? Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. And so the guy who opens the door is this dude in this tight black well, leotard. Well, uh, why did they hire a Klingon from the original Star Trek series is, to play this part? I have to admit, like, that guy's look is so particularly weird. It's so that, 60s. Because he's got, like, like... bad makeup, bad fake facial hair. He's like an elder Oompa Loompa. I'm surprised Gene Wilder doesn't see him and go, Oh, hey, do you know some children of yours, of your race, that I can enslave <laughs> from my factory five years from now? But yeah, it's this dude... Carmen black Gia. With, like, brown-orange makeup on, but he's got this gray beard. Yeah. And he's got eyeshadow, and he's all like kind of an effeminate weird i mean i know the whole brown is, face he's supposed to be some kind of weird countercultural weirdo yeah. but it just sounds like what the hell is this yeah and so he takes him inside the apartment and there's and, a little mini like, elevator yeah in the he's like he's like uh please remove your shoes and they act like nobody in the world takes off their shoes yeah he's like we have house. white carpets yeah white 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 the color of our carpets yeah and there's like come in here and they cram into a small elevator which they think is also hilarious Look at how tight this small elevator is. I guess the joke is supposed to be because it looks like they're like living in a small brownstone. Why would you need an elevator? But because it's weird and gay New York shit, they were just gonna yeah. So they walk into a room. (sighs) Christ. And uh, Roger pops his head up from behind a dressing screen and is like, "Yo, if you're an audience from the 1960s, what you're about to see will shock and amuse you. (laughs) But if you happen to be watching in the oh I don't know, say 2016, you might find it tired, mostly offensive, and worn out." I'm wearing a dress. Isn't that wacky? Oh, God, I forgot about that. And there's this whole, like, their whole shtick for the rest of the movie is like, he's wearing a dress. What do you think? What? I just like the most, like, mm-hmm. it's not even a, fa- it's just boring. It's a waste of fucking, I'm sitting there watching, like. Do you like, know who this is? Who is this? It's fucking Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> yeah, it's Mr. Belvedere. This dude is Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> 
your silence is just on podcast. <laughs> I'm both offended at the idea that Mr. Belvedere was not. This is Mr. Was Belvedere. Was he not actually British? Because if not, then no, he was born in Britain. I feel personally fucking betrayed. <laughs> Christopher Hewitt. Yeah, he's into producers. What? Yeah, this is Mr. Belvedere. What? A man who sat on his own testicles. <laughs> You've heard that story, right? No! What? No, you haven't! Every time somebody <laughs> talks about Mr. Belvedere, they have to ba- talk about the time that they had to cancel <laughs> that day shoot because Mr. Belvedere sat on his own testicles and hurt himself. Oh, there's no pop culture at all! <laughs> the kid from the show told the story. <laughs> and Mr. Belvedere sat on his own nuts. Well, that's what Mr. Belvedere gets for being that honest about why he had to go home. He should have been like, you know, I have some food poisoning. Not like, I just sat on... I just... Wesley, I just sat on so my there, nuts. There's a new fear for you as you get older and your balls get droopier. You might possibly sit on them and injure yourself. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the next- Christopher Hewitt is the actor's name. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just... What? Yeah, this is Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> I used to like Wearing that show a lot because it took place in Pittsburgh, and it was I lived in Pitts. I was I grew up in Pittsburgh when it was on. But oh my god, that is okay. That is worth watching this movie and having this episode just to find out that was I would have <laughs> never guessed. Oh yeah, my god! Me either. Let's see, Christopher Hewitt's. So <laughs> balls. I need to see what he looks again. Just too Christopher uh, Hewitt, the producers. So, uh, okay, yeah. Oh my god. So he's wearing a dress and he's like, Oh, you're you're looking at my dress. Well we're going to a fancy oh, yeah, dress. That is Mr. Yeah. Ben is wondering if you know Yeah. But okay, yeah, there's the whole big We're okay, going to a fancy he's... dress party yeah, yeah. and we always win. Um Oof. I this year I'm going to Anastasia, but I feel I look more like Tugboat Annie. What do you think <laughs> of it? Uh and I do like a self-deprecating in there. But, and yeah. uh, Gene Wilder's classic, <sighs> hilarious line: "Where do you keep your wallet? Really, Mel Brooks? Really? Where do you keep your wallet? That's the question you have him asked. He question. keeps it in his fucking purse. Where else would he keep I, it? I was hanging out with my friend Dylan, and she's a lady. And even the other day, I was like, "You have a purse, but do you keep a wallet in the purse? Because we were watching something where a lady was just kept her. Uh, they sp- explicitly showed she, she just kept." random like dollar bills in her purse just free floating i was like well, don't women like someone will have a coin purse but don't like some women it wouldn't make sense to have some kind of like a late at least a lady's wallet inside your purse yeah. so you're like if you need to get a 20 you're not just like fishing out of like a handful of tampons or something like yeah. that anyway but and all ladies keep a handful of tampons just in their purse that's eh, true eh, they just well, throw in a like, handful usually like a, like an ammo magazine <laughs> or like yeah <laughs> No, like Chewbacca's bandolier. That's what I'm saying, exactly. Chewbacca's yeah. bandolier of tampons, um, you know. Oof, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, this movie, yeah. I wonder if they still do that. I kind of wonder, because, you know, the producers, they made that into a big musical in the last decade. I wonder how much of this gay panic shit they kept in there. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, uh, Max jumps in saying how great the dress is and how the blue of it brings out his yeah. eyes. And the, his assistant is like, as far as I'm concerned, it isn't anything without the wig. You're only half-dressed. And he replies, well, then get it, Wicked Witch of the West. Which, oh, gay sass. Yeah, I don't even remember anything. So I think I, I just kind of have I the feel blue like, screen I feel of death like right here. This, this writing, Mel Brooks has only heard rumors about how gay people act. Exactly, And yeah. writes them like that. Yeah. Like, he's never been good at writing gay culture. It's almost like Mel Brooks is kind of hit or miss in general. His comedy is very broad. Yeah. Fucking a, yeah. um, so so the assistant goes away, and uh, Max is like, "Light a c- cigarette." He likes you, 
And it's like, oh, the gay panic, it's getting stinkier. So, <laughs> stinky so, gay panic. So, Leo stands up and <laughs> fumbles with the matches and can't light them because he's an idiot, apparently. Yeah. But finally I lights one and it's like shaking. Up. And so, uh, what's his name? The guy in the dress, Roger. Is it Roger? Yeah, yeah Roger. Roger DeBray, grabs yeah. Like, grabs his hand to steady him because, oh, gay panic. Hmm. And lights a cigarette. Uh, and so they talk, they sit down and talk business while he gets his wig put on. And he's like, yes, I'm used to doing musicals, but this is drama. But we'll have to add some music. Also, the third act has got to go. I mean, they're losing the war. It's too depressing. Ah, I see it. A line of chorus girls wearing stormtrooper outfits, doing high kicks. Uh, one, two, three, one, yeah. two, three. I'll yeah. do it. Uh, and they, they kiss his hand, like Roger's hand. And between every kiss, Gene Wilder wipes his mouth because he doesn't want to catch the gay. <laughs> it's so funny. My, I had to go to the hospital afterwards and get my side stitched up because I laughed so hard they split. You should do a story on tape version of this movie, just like with your own little commentary. <laughs> now turn the page for more gay panic. Ding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this 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 is the part of the movie where I really started tuning out when it just became like just dumb jokes about like gay New York theater scene yeah. stuff. Where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, everyone's so, a weirdo. So they, I, up- I went to my high school was fame. I'm used to hanging out with like fucking weirdo fucking theater people, and just like I just like I like I, I you couldn't make jokes about it. just like tired. It's just dumb. Yeah, it's just like tough. they put out an open cast and call for the role of Adolf Hitler. Yeah, no Which is kind of, I do like they have a thousand required. Hitlers running around. Yeah, dozens of dudes in Hitler mustaches all shouting on stage at once because yeah. that's how auditions work. Some of them are printing and dancing in ballet toe shoes. Other ones are just like yeah, just shout. Yeah, it's it's a whole big thing. And they eventually say like only yeah, well all, all the, the dancing, dancing Hitlers, Hitlers leave. please wait on the side of the stage. Yeah. We are only seeing singing Hitlers right now i feel like that's the line that mel brooks thought of is in his you head totally... and was like i have to make a whole story around that one line you get that th- especially this put this yeah exactly you could totally see him thinking this is this is this is the heart of the film this is this this is what i'm gonna i'm gonna be known for yeah. and like watching now you're just like this is kind of like a bad south park episode so yeah no not even that so they bring up some kind like all right Hoffa, tell us about yourself and he's like well i've been in some stuff lead tenor and all that blah oh, yeah. blah blah last year i was up for the lead role in some shit <laughs> and he's like what happened oh, yeah, seasons of stuff like yeah yeah he's like what happened i didn't get it and then he makes his face like that's the joke, isn't it funny? Well, like, yeah, kind of grew up, but I, I guess he, I guess he is old enough that he that's, started vaudeville. So joke, it's all like you wah, don't, wah, wah, you don't wah. get the mug to the camera with that joke. Well, what happened? I didn't get it. Because I think not there's even, even a, a cut to Zero Mostella, who's like he's in he's in the seats and he just kind of even looks at the camera for a second. He's like, yeah. just kind of like the most like. That's not nearly as half as funny as you fucking think it is. Which, I guess this did blow enough minds back in the day. The critics had a fucking field day about this movie, about it being so vulgar. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, again, now, it just seems like, man, you're a little too self-indulgent here, Mel Brooks. Yeah. This is not... He starts to sing this. The knee slapper you think it is. Some um, guy in, uh, like, German World War One officer regalia comes up. He starts to sing some German song. I send him away. Thank you. Uh, another guy. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Montage of thank yous. <laughs> And then Robin Williams shows up. Hot damn. I have so much to say about this character. Some dude 
walks in with a soup can, a Campbell soup can on a Which necklace. Which I appreciate because it's, 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 it's a slag at Andy Warhol who I hate, so I'm fine Some with that. Some dumb gold earring, flowers in his hands, and I guess he's a beatnik, Lorenzo de Debris or something like that. Yeah. His his name is LSD. That's <laughs> the most like, get it? Because the hippies, they love the <laughs> And his whole shtick, he just kind of speaks like a black beat beat guy. Like, Not even. He's, he's got this weird affectation, which it's, it's, it seems like weird Robin Williams where he's got this. What it is, is it's what an old, out-of-touch white dude thought beatniks were back then and so by that mean it's kind of like yeah hey man is this the audition for blah, blah, blah? no it's not that oh man i do like i went to the wrong theater <laughs> again man this feels like when they make fun of beatniks on the flintstones yeah it's basically it's what that it is. kind of thing where it's, it's just... so bad and this guy is so terrible in this role I guess, is Mel Brooks that old? Was he already an old man in the 60s? Yeah, apparently. Not that I expected him to be a young dude. They're like, but like, they're, they're like, oh, audition for this. What do we got to lose? What have you done? About six months. I'm on probation, but I'm clean now, man. And he's I like, do like his highway man boots. He's got great boots on. <laughs> See, but, I yeah. sing a song. Here comes my band. And then, uh,. Three hippie girls come in with like dots on their foreheads yeah. and start playing music, and he starts singing some dumb fucking song that they could have cut out of the movie, and I would have lost nothing. He sings it, about it's love a whole number, power. it's a thing, yeah. yeah. And even all these years later, this seems like the most out of touch old man bullshit. <laughs> it's just like, oh look, we're really taking it to the hippies. It's not like I said, it's not even politically. It's just like boring. It's just like, man, this is not fun. How does this? Oh my, how did Mel Brooks have a career after this movie? And like they 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 show close ups uh, of the direct the director, yeah. the producers, and his assistant all sitting in the audience, mouth agape, staring in amazement at this guy. And they can't tell if they're staring in amazement because he's so weird, because he's supposed to be bad you're supposed, you're supposed to be good because they're amazed i can't tell why they're just, staring mouth yeah, the gate. is it supposed to be because the joke is shocked? so broad you're not, even, know. you're not quite sure what the what the point of the joke is it's just so like yeah it's a thing you can do but here it's funny i guess i don't know yeah and he's Monkey like saying pants. he's like what'd you do to my flower man where'd you do it and then he pulls a banana out of nowhere throws the inside of the banana away Sucks on his finger clicker and then holds an another unopened banana up to his ear. And then that scene is over. A smashing critique of the counterculture at the time. Which is funny because I looked up to see who the fuck this guy was playing this dude. Yeah. And he was an, he was known for his portrayals of the counterculture in the 60s. And so this guy, this actor, not like even with the, the real life actor, he was known for his such accurate portrayals of people like this. And I'm like... Oh my fucking god! Not that I was, I wasn't, I wasn't born until 1975, so I wasn't zero. But this like, is, this is such a broad, stupid thing that I'm like, how was this guy ever an expert on any? I'm kind sure Johnny Carson loved him. Uh, that's exactly yeah. Where it's like, that's why he it's not that this. he's known for his expertise playing counterculture people. It's just like he he was he must have been known for just like making the broadest, stupid generalizations of what old people thought the counterculture was yeah. at the time because it's just the most laziest, stupidest fucking thing. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god. And it's just a boring waste of time. Like, the joke is just so old and dumb. Like, oh, like, yeah, it's it's the Flintstones hippies. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's opening night, and uh, Max is like, oh, there's the, the critic for the Times. Watch me put the final nail in this coffin. 
And he walks up to him and he's like, here's your tickets. And he's like, they're wrapped in a hundred dollar bill. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm offering you a bribe. Yeah. And then, By all rights. I mean, they should be on their way to sinking the ship. Yeah. Mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then. Uh, yeah, because the guy is offended. He throws the money on the end and, and the, yeah, the, the, on the, ground the, the tickets on the ground. Yeah. And then the, the German guy shows up who wrote the play and they make such a meal of him taking off his coat and messing with the valet, like messing with the valet's costume and stuff. Yeah, and it's like this is well. I guess no, I guess you think he, because he's like a crazy guy who loves his boids. You think he's gonna show dress like a hobo, but he's actually got a, like a relatively decent, nice tux on. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be a big kind joke, of, except his, kind of. you can see his undershirt. Well, it's, like, it's he's kinda, got his undershirt. Yeah, it's he's got yeah. his dirty shirt, and it's kind of like an old school like nineteen twenties tuxedo too. And I guess that's yeah. supposed to be part of the joke too. But it's still just kind of like. Okay, Millbrooks, whatever. Okay, I'm rolling with the punches. They still don't hate this movie, but it's just kind of like, man, eh, big yeah. shoulder shrugs all around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely not perfected his craft. No, that's that's what I'm, you can totally easily see this is his first film because even as sloppy as Millbrooks can be, this is very sloppy and just kind of. I guess this is a thing that could happen. Like watching how much tighter his comedy's got later in life. This is not a tight yeah until comedy. it reached its apex with Dracula Dead Loving. Oh, mwah. <laughs> everybody's favorite <laughs> to be fair Mel Brooks just kind of peaked like three or four years after this with like uh, Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles yeah. but yeah so um, uh, springtime for Hitler musical starts and... oh yeah this is my next note the play starts yeah so yeah. they're scantily clad ladies with various quote unquote German hats one's got like a pretzel on her head yeah one's I do got, like, like all beer. this dumb like yeah like, like like some of them are wearing like German beer stein shit like it's yeah. not just Nazi shit but just dumb stereotypical German bullshit yeah yeah uh, the audience is rolling their eyes and the, the yeah. Max you got and ladies who Max the... and Leo are like <laughs> they hate yeah they're in the yeah. back being like <laughs> yeah. yeah I do uh, like they got ladies who like that they're almost like totally topless except for pretzels like covering up yeah. their nipples which cracks me up then there's a Uh-oh. Nazi kick line yeah uh, which again back so in the day shocking yeah. I could totally see this is the centerpiece like this is when Bel- Mel Brooks thought he was gonna blow people's minds 50 yeah. years on I'm sure I mean back well, in the I mean, day I'm sure he like, did 25 years after world war ii exactly but so now it it's still just like kind of this a fresh wound this is cute but it's not yeah. that funny but yeah uh and i feel like this is a big opening number for the show and i feel like the, this this production's blowing its load pretty early really uh, one of the things i did like there's like these uh uh columns on the set that revolve down and turn into guns mm, like i didn't notice that like military guns and mm. like they actually do have like fireworks that come out of them real briefly i thought that was actually a clever bit of stage design so a couple leaves but... the audience and they're like well talk <sighs> about bad taste which they're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they're even more like bombing <laughs> uh so <laughs> one guy in the audience is like yay and everybody turns around and smacks him uh <laughs> and they go max and leo are like oh well, let's go to the bar we don't yeah, want to be coming around up the intermission they don't want to yeah. get beat up it, they don't want to they don't want to be there once people start leaving because uh, oh yeah the number ends and so, yeah, audience, various crunch. audience members are like blah, 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 and everybody's standing up and leaving but then the next bit starts yeah, it's like some actually girl, hitler shows up for the yeah, first time it's yeah. a girl with a super new york accent and everybody's laughing at it, and every, the beatnik is being his stereotype, I guess. Well, yeah, so he comes person. out, and he's, he's playing Hitler as this, yeah. like, super beatnik kind of, oh, like... Oh, man, I'm Hitler, man. Gonna invade Poland, man. And he's, like, playing a harp or some kind of weird thing, and, like, it's like it's and this did, ridiculous did, take on Hitler, did, which yeah. everyone starts... The crying. audience starts eating it up. Yeah, they and all I, sit down, start sitting I back wish, down in their seats. I wish I found it as funny as they did. I 
I did but think it is, was kind of funny because it is. You? I thought I was like I could see, like it is. Yeah, I. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I didn't just find it funny anyone because it's there's like I like instead of trying to even do a Hitler thing, it's just the guy being a beatnik reciting lines you think Hitler would say. But I like it's just like the hey man we're losing like the way like high five shows up. I hated I, the character I was so like, much that I couldn't stand. This. I was like, okay, I can see why this is funny back in the day. I was like, okay, yeah, it, well back I, in it, the day, it, sure. it, it, it got a smile out of me. Mm. Let's put it that way. Uh, so they're in the bar and being like, here's to the one and only performance of springtime for Hitler. Here's to failure. <laughs> to failure. And the bar, the guy at the end of the bar goes, hey, thanks. Which is, uh, you, I don't know if you may have recognized him. He is known character actor William Hickey. Yeah. Uh, to our generation, he would be mostly known as the scientist. Uh, From Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. But he's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah. And this, this proves that this... Like that. And he would talk... He That's my like, tongue is a bit too big for my mouth. Yeah, even in this, he's like still like, yeah, failure. He's still like, yeah. Almost hey, like, thanks. He's like baby Tom Waits a little bit. Like, yeah. Um, But yeah, William Hickey's the best. But yeah, he plays the drunk failure. <laughs> I yeah. guess his name is failure. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so... So it's back in the theater... And he's the the guy like, hey man, things falling down my pant leg. Could you get it for me, baby? The fact Thanks, that it goes baby. on for too long. I yeah. laughed at the first bit when I realized, oh my god, they're just gonna, this is gonna go on for like twenty minutes, and it does. And I was like, oh. And then the Germans okay, in the audience beating the joke into the ground. Yeah, German baby. I did not write baby. He is saying baby. I did not write that. The Führer never said baby. Uh. And then intermission. Everybody come. Some people come into the bar and are like, "That's the funniest show I've ever seen." Did you ever think you'd love a show called Springtime for Hitler? Well, I love that the first they come in, and then then and 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 Max and uh, Lou are both like, "Hide your well, face." Yeah, hide your face, and they're like, oh, whatever, they seem to love whatever they're watching. Hopefully it's not Springtime for Hitler. Yeah. We don't know it's our play. Yeah. It could be any one other of the other plays on Broadway. Yeah. And that's when the person says, I love Springtime for Hitler, and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, they and start then to everyone, panic. Yeah, and then intermission is over, everyone goes back. Yeah, well, yeah. they're like, that was only a small small portion of the crowd. Let's go see what the majority thinks. That's, yeah. And they go in there, everybody is laughing, except the German guy. Yeah, German guy's off. getting more and more agitated and gets up, yeah, runs behind the stage. Uh... And, like, I can't tell if the beatnik guy is reading lines from the play or if this is supposed to be vamping or if he's improving or if it was good. So it tells me Mel Brooks never thought that far ahead. It's just, like, it's just funny if he's just acting stupid. It's just beatnik gobbledygook. (laughs) So the German guy runs backstage and he says, Will you please to be unconscious? And hits the stage hand on the head. Yeah. Curtain drops down. He comes out from behind it and is like, I am the author of this play. This is not what I wanted. I just go blah, 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 bonk. Ouch! Which well, he's wearing he a helmet. Yeah. You think it would keep him from getting knocked out, yeah. but he gets Especially knocked out and dragged back under yeah. the curtain. They raise the curtain. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. finds it hilarious and laughing. Um, so uh, the two of the, the Max and Leo are very sad because it's a big hit. And the next day at office... Uh, is it the next day? Yeah, I think so. I'd imagine. Okay. Because they got a bunch of telegraphs that are like, it's a oh, hit. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a hit. It's a hit. It's a hit. And they're depressed. And the secretary's like, me make love now? And he's like, no, we don't make love now. Um, Poor Ula. He, well, he says, no, we don't. Go to work. And then she dances she her, starts sh- da- yeah. her shitty 60s The shitty dance. shimmy dancing, yeah. Uh, God damn, how did anyone survive the 60s? And then Jesus Mr. Christ. Belvedere walks in and is like, we're a hit! The lines outside the theater are crazy. And Max says, uh, You ruined me, you lousy fruit! 
And I was like, fucking, you had to. Had to go there. You had to. Yeah. And and the, But don't worry, because it gets worse. Because he pushes the director up against the wall. And, and the director's like, call the police. Help. Help. Rape. And runs away. And I was like, really? Really, guys? Uh, you did it. You did it. Uh, yeah. And he runs away. Yeah. But not mostly because he realized what his line was just said and it was like fuck this movie i'm out i'm out i gotta go check on wesley and the and the kids yeah yeah i gotta see if, if small wonder has moved in next door yet <laughs> god damn um so leo's leo's gonna turn himself in because he's like maybe they'll go lenient if i rat you out he's got the books and they fight and ooh, how i hate you and then Leo calls Max fat about a hundred times. I don't know. He just starts choking about fat, fat, fatty, fat, He specifically fat, fat. says you fat, fatty, and over and over again, you fat, fatty while choking him out. I thought that was fucking hilarious that, like, even Leo Bloom, the worst, his darkest moment, can only come up with you fat, fatty. Yeah. Yeah. So then, That's my, that, that is my last note of the film. So then, bang, it. bang, the yeah. door flies open, and the German comes in with a gun. I must kill you! Oh, God. this go, And this goes on for a while, where he, he's chasing them around. He they shoots the, the gun. They hide under the desk. Yeah. It's just and like, he man, says, is this, movie not over this yet? is not good. I am not killing you. Don't you understand? You must die. And then the secretary comes in for whatever reason. Yeah. I guess gunshots... Things are, happen. I, I guess know, gunshots stuff. are an English-only sound. She doesn't know what those are. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, the pigeon or something. You want coffee? And they're like, ask the man with the gun what if he wants cafe. So she does. Oh, that's right. I forgot and the cafe. I, I thought the, like, the thing then, of cafe was kind of funny. And then Leo sneaks up behind him and is going to hit him with the bottle, but then he turns with the gun, and Leo's like, oh, champagne? And he's like, oh, no, thank you. I just ordered cafe. Oh, okay, yeah. Because that's the joke. Uh, and then he's going to kill himself. Because he's sad about his play. But and he puts the gun to his helmet, too, yeah, which is kind of like... Just... He's out of bullets. So yeah. he sits down on the couch to cry. And then Leo and Max go and sit down with him. And Max is like, what are you doing shooting at us? Why don't, why don't you kill the actors? Uh, and then he gets the idea, and he's like, yeah, why don't you kill Yeah, that's when they realize, oh, maybe that's not a bad idea to actually <laughs> yeah. do after all. He says, Franz, have I ever steered you wrong before? Have I ever steered you wrong? And he says, always. <laughs> Which was a good line. I'll give it that one. And then they're yeah. like, why are people laughing? It's all that LSD. Go, go, here, some money. Go buy some bullets and kill the actors. And Leo's like, you can't do that. And Max is like, why can't we? It's either us or them. Uh, what can we do? Blow up the theater? And all three of them are like, oh. I feel like that's a self-reservation. Like, his first thought is just to murder everybody. And so, with yeah. six whole sticks of dynamite, they're going to blow up an entire theater. And again, are are they labeled the second movie in a row where someone's gonna blow up someone else with like like sticks of dynamite with the words dynamite stenciled yeah. on them? But yeah. So um, uh, yeah, and there's more shtick here. Well, Leo's like, the... like, remember yesterday when I called you fatty fat fat? I'm sorry. Sorry, I called you fat fat fat. And then uh, they make a meal out of them dragging the the, the dynamite <sighs> well, behind they, them. They put the dynamite in, and then they they're gonna have the lead the the line out to the dynamite they're gonna mm-hmm. like you know they're leading out the line uh, and they're outside, walking well they're walking but, and they hear it dragging and they're like huh? they're they so stop fucking tired ass <laughs> silent film depression era they're this walking shit, and they hear it and they stop shit was and old in and like 1902 yeah and then they turn around and it was just gun out and don't shoot it 
It's the dynamite. If you shoot it, it'll get mad and blow it us all up. I do like it. It'll get mad and blow yeah. us up. Yeah. Uh, but then, then the guy but then, puts it back. Yeah, he goes and puts it back and comes back and he's like, I don't know if it's the slow fuse or the fast fuse. I guess we'll find out. And then he lights it and he's like, ah, yes, you'll see this is an example of smartness. This is the fast fuse. And then they're like, oh, kaboom. Yeah. It's like, if you don't, you ha- they had tons of extra fuse. Just make it longer. Or, or kinda, pull off another string and light it and see. You, like I said, I'm assuming in 1968, some of the shit must have been sweaty as balls, but yeah. <sighs> but that's essentially so, the end of the film. So There's a little, well, yeah, little, little epilogue so here, yeah. If it goes to a courtroom with a bunch of old ladies crying, uh, Franz is covered from head to toe in band-aids, except he's wearing his German ha- helmet yeah. and one of his medals on his chest. Uh, Max has like his arm yeah, in a cast a with his middle finger bent up straight. Yes, really it's painfully. supposed to be. Yeah, and uh, and Leo has a boo boo on his head. Yeah, he got one bad date on his head. So presumably Max and Leo had a chance to run out yeah. before. Like, and the yeah. judge is like, "Jury, what is up?" And the jury guy stands up. He says, "Judge, we find them incredibly guilty." And Leo wants to say something. Max is the most selfish man I've ever known. But who has he really hurt? Really? You mean aside from all the old ladies he stole thousands and thousands of dollars from? Uh, but Leo's like, what about the old ladies? Max made them feel young and attractive and wanted again. And that's all I have to say. And the old ladies are like, yay! And then Max stands up and he's like, we learned our lesson, Judge. We'll never do it again. And then we smash cut to them in prison, doing it all again. Uh, blah, Putting blah, on a play blah, blah. called... Um, now they're performing prisoners in love, prisoners in love, blah, 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 blah. And then he's, now you own 20% of the show. Now you own 20% of the show. Oh, the warden. Oh, he owns 50% of the show. And then it ends. I didn't even get that part. That they were still <laughs> even doing the same. Because I think yeah, they I were was so checked thing. out at the end. I was like, thank and God it's it over. It's um, not a very good movie, but it's still better than Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> That that's the thing. I need to be more expert on Mel Brooks movies to see how this falls in the pantheon. But uh, yeah, that's 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 the producers. What did you think? This is your pick. Like, it's just said it's not very what good. What got you thinking about? Uh, what got you choosing this in the first place? Oh yeah, I have just a couple of Mel Brooks holes. Oh, okay, yeah. Sized holes. What to else? Fill. Oh, you said the high anxiety. Yeah, high anxiety is. Probably oh, only man. one I'd watch, but uh, which I wanted to see. This is what this is a big comic white whale for me too. I had never seen. Especially with Gene Wilder having just died earlier yeah. this year, like, and plus I have I've seen barely any Gene Wilder stuff. Yeah, so it was I nice think to go back. Young Frankenstein and uh, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka yeah, there's pretty much. And what when I've he seen. died, those were the two big things everyone kept on talking about yeah. too. Because um, what are you going to talk about? See no evil, hear no evil. Uh, Transylvania you know, six five thousand. Wait, no, that was Ed Begley Jr. and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I know what else exactly. Yeah, I mean he did stuff with Richard Pryor, but you know, well, Silver those, Streak. That shit, Silver was, Streak. Oh man, shit. stir crazy. That shit was I. Those were movies that were on TV all the time, <laughs> and I'm sure they didn't suffer at all from censorship. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my note, yeah, the making of notes. Uh, this movie has its genesis in a springtime for Hitler joke Mel Brooks made years earlier while promoting the first I, play he ever wrote, which was a huge bomb and inspired the scam that's central to this film. I am curious now to see the newer version to see if they cleaned it up at all or if Mel Brooks made was it able zippier? to. Yes, because I think Mel Brooks was still a producer. Yeah, like the German guys played by Will Ferrell. Really? Yeah. I can see that being like more, yeah. 
Like I, I it's I'll, not I'll just pro- like hey, he's I, screaming I'll German probably, at people. I know I wouldn't watch it for this. I don't think because yeah, one producer but just, is enough. Just but I'll probably to, yeah. watch it on my own, like as I'm doing something else, to just see to flip what through it, like. just yeah. to see, yeah, um, to see if they still have like the the Swedish. Like, is there going to be a and, bunch of gay panic? That yeah, well, exactly. Stinks. How do you handle that in this day and age? Especially yeah. especially the Broadway version. Where I can't imagine this as bad as this because the the, 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 the Broadway play was such a huge hit. Exactly, yeah. So they must have learned some kind of lessons and figured out how to straighten up this movie a little bit. Um, yeah, like I said, it was supposed to be a novel, but once Brooks realized it was almost all jokes with no story, he decided to turn it into a play. And then a film when he decided he didn't want to have the whole thing set in one office sets. Uh, yeah, Peter Sellers was supposed to play Gene Wilder's part, but disappeared after agreeing to star in the film. So it was one of those things where, like, I guess he's <laughs> he not going to show up. He was like, mm. no. Yeah, uh, Dustin Hoffman, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the movie got a wide variety of reviews, with some folks adoring it, some hating it, uh, especially for all the Nazi jokes, and some folks quasi-justifiably pointing out how the movie is about two scheming Jews chiseling dying women out of their money and to put on a play glorifying Hitler. Which they were like, yeah, that's a little maybe not the best way to present Jews in general, but yeah. like, you're kind of leaning in some nasty yeah, stereotypes like there. Zero, but... zero. Sometimes he really turns on like the Jew accent. And yeah, sometimes that's... he doesn't. And supposedly he was not a big fan of Mel Brooks. He was not a big fan of the material, hence him being such like hard to work with. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if he was reacting to some of the anti-Semitism. But that's also, just also one of the funny. things about like going back and looking at comedians who were like super famous on Johnny Carson and shit from that yeah. time most of them were fucking terrible oh yeah no like the uh, they're, they're always what we consider to be the awful. terrible if you were to like come up with the idea of like the stereotype of the terrible comedian that's almost like what they were like, like on, where it's like oh, I don't know, I've I've li- I, you probably haven't but I've listened to some of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal I need podcast, to listen more of that where yeah. he goes back and interviews like old timey people and mm-hmm. he's had some old comedians from that era on and they are fucking awful yeah but gilbert godfrey is like <laughs> tell me another one of your jokes he's gotta and be respectful to his elders terrible yeah and he's like i could listen to your jokes all day but they're fucking awful the couple the fact with <laughs> these old hackneyed comedians yeah. telling these old fucking yeah. terrible jokes and gilbert godfrey's laugh slicing your eardrums open Man, after it, such terrible jokes, I could see that being a like, one-two punch of no. I gotta listen to something else. Like this I is... can handle Gilbert Godfrey's voice, yeah. But his, I don't know if it's phony. I it is phony. His phony laugh at these old dudes because he's got two laughs. One is his phony laugh, and one is his other, his real laugh. And you can tell the difference because the first one <laughs> is just that, but the other one's more. <laughs> that's his real laugh. Yeah, he's laughing like Yago. Yeah, when he's like putting on a performance. And man, exactly, his yeah. podcast would be amazing if he did his actual voice. But he's doing a Gilbert Godfrey voice. Yeah. It's like Gilbert. People know you have a real voice. I don't just think anyone's. Use it. It's like opening the Ark of the Covenant. I don't think anyone's prepared to hear Gilbert Godfrey just say, There's "Hey, there's a voice recording of what it." What do you think? Like he left a message on on Howard yeah. Stern's voicemail, and Howard Stern played it on the air. Gilbert, just use that. Just use that <laughs> voice. Nobody's gonna he's be like, like. Nobody is gonna be like. You know what? I like Gilbert Godfrey, but once he started using a not crazy voice, <laughs> I was out. It's like film critic Hulk of its time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like the one. I don't know if it even exists anymore, but there, there's one, like one clip apparently of uh, uh, what's Buddy Hackett. Somebody was like, "Buddy Hackett, why do you talk like that?" And he was like, "Cause if I talked like this, I wouldn't make any money." Oh wow, I never even thought about that. Like Buddy Hackett's one of those people you just assume that's the way he talks. Yeah, because it's such a very specific. Like, hey, why? Yeah, yeah. It was another clip of, of yeah. Richard Simmons on David Letterman. I'll, I'll remember it. I don't know why, but. <laughs> 
Richard was like, or or David was like, so Richard, and he goes, yeah, Dave, just in a completely like straight <laughs> yeah, voice. Exactly, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And then even David Letterman was like, what well, the hell? Blah, 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 but then blah. he went back into his Richard Simmons oh shit. Oh my god! Like even these days, like like uh, Bobcat Coltwaite is calmed down, so he's not. You know, he only yeah. did. The, he, well, he only really did that for the police. But even even these days, I'm still like even 20 years later after I'm kind of even used to seeing Bobcat the Coltwaite not being like. Yeah. Even that's still kind of weird to me, much less people who really have kept up that persona for decades on time. But anyway, yeah. that's all to say, the jokes in this are old and tired. Oh, this movie's sweaty as shit. It smells <laughs> like an old rabbi's jockstrap. And oh. it's got some charming little moments in it. Some it's of the got jokes, some nice, some I of the totally jokes land. I can see why they brought it back, because like, somebody said, like, yeah, well, it's like well, the, the old thing people complain about. Why why do they keep on remaking shitty movies, or, or good movies? Why don't, no, go, go back and remake something that... Like, like, could be done better. You could yeah. do this better these days. You could modernize Some it. Some of the do jokes a lot of land, stuff. but for the most part, yeah, it's a completely avoidable movie. Yeah, it's it's not unless you're uh, Mel Brooks or a Gene Wilder completionist. There's or no a, real reason. You to know, go back. one of the thousands of Zorro Zero fans out <laughs> <Zorro>. there. <laughs> Zorro. Yeah. yeah, Zero Mustel. I can't imagine too many fan clubs left for him around. Nope. Um, but yeah, so that's the producer. Oh, lad, though, the last note about this. This is actually, this is actually probably the funniest thing about this movie. Uh, the movie's success in Sweden, where it was released as Springtime for Hitler, mm. uh, resulted in all other Mel Brooks movies being released with the, the Springtime for Hitler prefix, or Springtime 4. So, uh, uh, Blazing Saddles was released as Springtime for the Sheriff. Uh, there was also Springtime wow. for Frankenstein, huh. and Springtime for Space, starring... John Candy and uh, Louis Tully. Who's Louis Tully? <laughs> What's his face? The president Dark, of the United Dark States. Dark Helmet. Oh, yeah, the president, yeah. Oh, you mean President Scroob, right? What? No, I'm talking about Independence Day. Uh, oh, yeah, Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, he get, it's funny because he gets his teleported, his butt turns into his front. It's hilarious. Man, I don't even remember that joke. Oh, yeah, that's a whole big thing. Canned air. Yeah, I remember the man. Spaceballs is sweaty back. I remember as twelve years old seeing Spaceballs and Data thinking, "Ooh," and there's like Drew. Ah, you don't have twenty. She doesn't look. You know Jewish. what, Bill? Oh. We should we should get together and we, when was the last time you saw Spaceballs? Not. It's been a long time. We should we should have a Probably Spaceball since a, party. <laughs> Spaceballs party. Watch it and get depressed. God, man, Spaceballs party. Uh, probably not since the VHS drink, came out. Drink every time a joke doesn't work. And get fucking destroyed. <laughs> so that oh was the producer. That was the producer. Hey Bill, what what's the next time? Okay, here's my segue that I accidentally read the last time. Speaking of Nazis and two guys trying to put on a big show, it's gonna be the Blues Brothers. Fair enough. It'll make sense once you see the Blues Brothers. I've seen big chunks of the Blues Brothers, but I've never sat down and said, Okay, I'm gonna watch Blues Brothers from beginning to end. Yeah. And so I've never seen it either. Uh, I have well, played I've seen bits of it, okay. <laughs> We can sit down and play the Super Nintendo video game beforehand. <laughs> where you're just running through force, collecting music can we notes. Do an episode where we just glean what we think the Blues Brothers movie is like, just based off the game. Is that Man. is that based off the film, or is that like Blues Brothers? It's based 2000? on nothing. Okay, it's awful. <laughs> I tried like, I guess I quote unquote inherited it when me and my wife got together because it was one of her Super Nintendo games. Wow. Okay. I don't know why she had. She's not a fan of the Blues Brothers or something something like that. Yeah, exactly. It was probably in the clearance bin at like, at like Hollywood Video back in the day. But um. Oh man. But she had it. I sat down and legitimately tried to beat that for an entire day, and it's fucking impossible. Are you playing as Jake and Elwood? Garbage. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Next, so what we'll do? So we'll, so if nothing else, the movie will be better than the Super well, Nintendo we'll do, game. We'll, we'll play the game and presuppose what the fil- plot of the film was, and we'll try to review the film based on what the events of like the stage <laughs> where the Blues Brothers have to avoid the stage uh, in the Blues Brothers where they have to, and this is what actually happens: ride a gray dragon. <laughs> I'm excited to see how that turns out is in the it movie. Is like a spirit in the sky kind of thing? Or no, it, you're, you're, you're inside like a warehouse. Riders riding the store? Riding a dragon, not bumping wow. into the walls. Okay. We should throwing records, Have you ever I seen think. Wayne's World? We yeah. could do the same thing with the the, 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 the Super Nintendo Wayne's World. Yeah, movie. Super yeah. Nintendo games are dumb sometimes. Man, there's so many. I'm, I, I, I hate to say it, but I do miss that era of shitty fucking no, licensed too. games where they just ran through the Make roof. Make it as cheap shit as shit. God damn. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was. Next time. It speaks a lot to the producers. We have nothing much to say other than producers, other than we talking about the Blues like, Brothers video game. We went game. off on a couple of tangents there that filled the time. God, yeah. Well, yeah. So, that's the producers. Yeah. Mudrin on Twitter. It's the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tar- oh, whatever. Not my Tardy Podcast on Still Twitter. not as bad as. No, sir. It's not as bad as a couple of things now. This I know, is exactly, not, yeah. This isn't, this isn't even in the bottom five. <laughs> 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 it's not like an audio error there. <laughs> Not even in the bottom five. Oh god! I don't think. Change Let's see Mr. what are we going to be at bottom five. Victor Victoria, Breakfast v- at Tiffany's. Yeah, um, the definitely. There's a bottom two. Uh, what's this? Uh, Empire Records. Uh, uh, I guess that would be bottom five. That's that. We've done three. enough stuff now. It's hard to exactly remember. We'd have to yeah. drop a list specifically if we want to drop a real uh, ironclad t- bottom five. Uh, um, Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen you Kane. You and Old Dark House is probably Old Dark House is pretty bad. Yeah, it uh, was pretty in the slight. mood for love. <laughs> I said that just to piss you. You off. actually remember the title of it too, because yeah. I can remember the title. Of it. Took me a yeah. little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's not that bad. Definitely, it's a tar- tar- podcast. Tar- skews towards the bottom of the list, but not never, not definitely on the yeah. bottom. But yeah, give us a retweet, give us a share, yeah. tell people about us, tell them. force your family members to listen to us. Yeah, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. Eat that turkey if Eat you already ate it. I hope you rub it on your body. Good times. And, oh, enjoy that trip. And to after fans. the Blues Brothers, we're going to pull up some Christmas shit finally again. Yeah. yeah. Which is great because you hate holiday stuff, so you're not much for Halloween or for Christmas, but we'll figure out something else. Yay! Like Yay! So, yeah. yeah, we'll figure out stuff, so. Yeah. Okay, take care, guys, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Yeah, until next time, keep filling those holes. Pop culture. So long, everybody. Adios. Good luck.